Everyone else, First uh, Samuel chapter 16. First Samuel chapter 16. Brother Mutcher's in Texas tonight. Uh, I believe he's ministering to other pastors and hoping to get a, a deer or something, right? So, no, so, all righty. But he's out there having a good time in Texas. And so, First uh, Samuel chapter number 16. Uh, if you will, I want to bring a message tonight entitled, The Person God is Looking for to Use. Uh, the person God is looking for to use, and or um, really eight action statements about the Bible. And I'm going to connect them in just a second, and I hope it will be a help to you tonight. And if you also can look for Psalms 19 as well, uh, Psalms 19, we'll just read First Samuel, but we'll be uh, most of the night in Psalms 19 tonight. And once you have found that, and uh, if you can stand to your feet out of respect for God's Word, if you're physically able to, and I will read the scripture tonight. First Samuel chapter 16. Give you one last chance to stretch and then we'll get into the message. The Bible says, And it came to pass when they were come that he, this is Samuel, looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Now keep in mind, Saul has now stepped down, or uh, Saul is really uh, kind of done. Though he will still be a king for a while, uh, God's moving on from him and getting ready uh, for the next one, of course, and Samuel's there to anoint the next king. And we'll see here as, as Samuel goes through each and every uh, brother here. But the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his statue, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. <clears throat> then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are, there, are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. And with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Lord, we sure do love you. Uh, thank you so much for loving us. And thank you for these dear people, Lord. I know many of them have worked hard today. And, and Lord, uh, I know it was already dark when they left the house. And perhaps maybe... It would have been tempting to stay at home, but they came because uh, they knew they needed to be in your house. And I appreciate their faithfulness, Lord. I know you appreciate that. And I'm thankful for the teens and the young adults and the children and uh, the nursery and all those online tuning in tonight and those who are here. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness and goodness to us. And may we be rewarded tonight um, by your word being preached. And may we look past the messenger, Lord. May I get out of the way and may your Holy Spirit... Uh, flow through me, Lord. I want to be a help if I can. Lord, may we learn from your word, Lord, some challenges and some help and encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, years ago, there was a little boy, and he was looking up in the sky, and he saw a flock of geese flying in a V, and he said, Daddy, he says, why is one side of the V longer than the other? The dad looked at him and kind of scratched his chin a little bit and said, Son, probably because there's more birds on one side. You know? And I think sometimes well, we hope children will be interested and, and maybe an easy answer, but there's other times 
when they're not going to be sufficed by that. And I think maybe today we wonder, who is a person God used and why does God use to choose to use certain people? And I think as we see in Samuel here, as each one of the brothers were not it, and finally he gets to the youngest one, even David's own father did not believe that it would be David. God says, that's the young man. And I think it just goes to show each and every one of us that God is more concerned about the heart and about those who are in love with him and love with his word. And we're going to see tonight how God, David was in love with God's word. We see that the, David was chosen. Of course, in verse 6, we see the mistake of Samuel. And the, then verse 7, we see the correction of the Lord. We see then David anointed. God tells Samuel to anoint David in verse 12. And then Samuel anoints him in verse 13. And then David received the spirit of the Lord in verse 13. Why did God choose David? And what does this mean for you and I today? Why was David beloved to the Lord? And by the way, David was the third most mentioned man in the Bible, person in the Bible. Why was that? Was he special? In fact, I alluded to this on, on Sunday night and, and Brother Dale kind of chimed in as well afterwards and how David is used a lot, even by Stephen and by Paul and when they're trying to teach the Jews and try to win him over. And that's because David is mentioned so much in the Bible and he's connected in the Messiah's lineage. And we're thankful because of that and that Jesus Christ came for you and me. But David understood and applied several principles of the Word of God in his life. So I want to look at a few of those tonight. If you'll turn over to Psalms uh, chapter 19, and it'll be on the screen, 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 <laughs> screen as well. By the way, Brother Tim, thank you for preaching last Wednesday, and I appreciate you, and I, I'm sure many of you uh, enjoyed hearing Brother Tim as well, and uh, myself and Brother Jeremy were in California uh, um, visiting with some prospective teachers. Okay, here we go. All right, I'm good now. And uh, if I stutter again, it'll be my fault again. Now, Psalms 19, verse 7, the Bible says, The law of the Lord is perfect. And we see here, David is writing about the Word of God. And he gives six synonyms to the Word of God. Though it doesn't say the Bible, each of these words are a synonym of the Word of God. We see the law of the Lord... We see the testimony of the Lord. We see the statutes of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, and the judgments of the Lord. And each of these are synonyms to the Bible. So we see six different uh, words that describe, really, that show what the Bible is. But then we see six descriptions about the Bible. We see some adjectives here. The adjectives that he says is the law of the Lord is perfect. So we know tonight, and I won't get into all of support verses on this, but the Word of God is perfect. Aren't you thankful tonight for the perfect Word of God? We don't have to worry. We don't have to get other resources to it. We have the whole Word of God. And then we see the Word of God is sure. The Bible says the testimony of the Lord is sure. We can count on it. We see another adjective, the statutes of the Lord are right. In verse number Eight. And so we see another adjective of the Word of God. We see uh, the Bible says the commandment of the Lord is pure. And once again, not only is the Word of God perfect, but it's pure. And then we see uh, in verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean. 
And then verse 6, verse 9 again, we see the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So if you just read through those few, you can see that the word of God is everything we need for our day-to-day life. But if we're honest, it's good, it's good to know those things, head knowledge. But how many would agree that it's far better to apply the word of God to our life? And so we see some synonyms, we see some adjectives, but then we see eight action statements. And if you're writing tonight, I would encourage you maybe to write these things down. Uh, Maybe do one through eight, and then if you put the Bible will at the top, and then if you want to put the letter R after each number, uh, I'm going to give you eight things tonight that are action statements. I remember a couple years ago, uh, the truck I had, when we moved up here from California, uh, uh, the training was starting to go out. And so I knew it was time to move on to another truck. And uh, I knew that what had worked for me in California, uh, where I lived and where I live now, probably needed a four-wheel drive. Uh, and so I knew I needed that. My wife also said, uh, you know, you need a quad cab. I said, why? She goes, what if we all want to drive together? I said, well, we'll just shove them in the back, you know. And she goes, no, you got to have a quad cab. So I was like, okay, we'll look for a quad cab. And then she goes, now, you need the front row to be uh, able to be a bench seat. So the, the, the armrest has got to be able to come up. I said, that's true, because that makes six seats, okay? So uh, I knew we needed that. And, and then I thought about what color do you need? We live on a gravel road, so you, know, you don't necessarily want just any color for that. And, and there's all these things that describe the truck. I knew all the different types of trucks, you know? I, I, I tried to see the different brands and, and models and all that. But at the end of the day, when I finally found something that I thought would work and it fit all the boxes, I didn't just buy it. I needed to test drive it. Why? Because that vehicle would do me no good unless the engine could start. And I think sometimes in the day-to-day life we know how great the Word of God is. We hear about it. We see it. But do we really understand what the Word of God can do for us? And if we do, chances are you're in it on a daily basis. Maybe you struggle getting in God's Word and making it a part of your life. It may be because you don't understand what it can do for you. And just like I knew that the right type of truck would be able to be a tool that I could use for many things, until I knew that engine ran good, it would do me no good. And until, just because you know so many things about the Bible, it's great, but until you see what it can do for you and how it can change your life, That is when you want the Word of God a part of your life. So let's look at eight action statements. We'll look at eight verbs from this passage. Number one, if you're writing, we see the Bible will restore your soul. The Bible will restore your soul. The Bible says in verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Converting the soul. It changes the soul. And Perhaps maybe you've been in ministry or you've been in church long enough to see people's lives change. Maybe your own life changed. And you're different than you used to be. The Bible says that we'll all the Lord will convert the soul. Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. 
So there is a converting, there's a abounding. I think of those who like old vehicles and like to restore them. Perhaps some of you have a restored car or restored truck. I, uh, 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 maybe there's something that you've taken the time to, to change it and, and transform it and how it looks so much different. I, I like old tractors and I like to see the before and after picture. It's just neat to see that. And that is the thought process here. Converted, changed. A lady once showed Ruskin a costly handkerchief on which a blot of ink had been dropped. The handkerchief, she complained, was ruined. And she was going to throw it away. But Ruskin said, no, let me, let me take it. So she gave it to Ruskin. Shortly afterwards, the lady received it back. But it was so changed that she could hardly believe it was the original. Using the blot as the basis, he had worked around it a beautiful and artistic design. Changing what was valueless and ruined into a thing of beauty and joy. And that became very costly. And I say today, Jesus wants to take our life that's been broken by sin. I think we all know that sin can destroy. I've said this phrase often, sin can tie a knot so tight only God can undo. So how does that happen? Through his word. And the more we allow it to change our lives. And so we see tonight the restoring of our soul. We see, second of all, the Bible will renew your mind. The Bible will renew your mind. Look at verse number 7, the latter part. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Um, my dad would often tell me he was the least likely to succeed in high school he was voted. I don't know if that's true, but that's what he would say. And uh, he, he, he told me his, his college experience was a, was a school of hard knocks, and then the Word of God. May I say today, I believe my dad has become a wise person through God's Word. And as the case for many of you. Why is that? Because the Word of God can renew you. It can change your life. It can help you. It can make sense of things. And as I study the Bible, and it's kind of my job to study the Bible every day, and sometimes for hours at a time, which, by the way, I love it. And I know some of you wish you could do that, I'm sure, and get paid for it. But I love to study God's Word. But it's neat to see things that are transforming, that connect the dots and say, oh, I can apply that. And we see today the Bible will renew your mind. You know this verse, Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The way you're transformed is when your mind's renewed. Oftentimes I've discipled people and talked with people maybe who grew up in Portland or grew up in a more liberal area or, or they grew up in an area where the truth was not given and the Word of God starts seeping in and getting in there and it, renew, it transforms them. Why? Because the Word of God is the truth. And it's what we need. It's powerful, the Bible says. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Second Corinthians 4.16 For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inner man is renewed, I love this phrase, year by year. No, 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 no. Week by week in church. No, 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 no. It says what? Day by day. May I say, you can be transformed and renewed, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, but day by day. Are you spending time in God's Word daily? It may not be for hours. It may be for five, ten minutes. You say, Pastor Justin, I struggle with that. Well, let me encourage you. I, I would love to get you a devotional. 
I'd love to get you something that, uh, that you can take and read and then grow on. Why? Because the Word of God renews us. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brethren, what sort of things are true, what sort of things are honest, what sort of things are just, what sort of things are pure, what sort of things are lovely, what sort of things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Why? Because what you think about, what you're dwelling on, is what's going to change you or what's going to make you who you are. What are you thinking on? What are you dwelling on? Are you dwelling on God's word? And the Bible says those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And that's where the transformation comes. Not just thinking, but doing what the Bible says. So we see, first of all, the Bible will restore your soul. Second of all, the Bible will renew your mind. And then third of all, we see the Bible will rejoice your heart. Will rejoice your heart. The Bible says in verse 8, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Say, how is that possible? You mean if I'm having a bad day and I get in the Word of God, I can be happy? I can rejoice? That's what the Bible says. There's something about getting in God's Word that should cause you to rejoice. Makes you happy. By the way, if you're having a rough day, I wouldn't suggest you watch the news all night. If you're having a rough day, you got to even be careful being on social media all night, okay? I'm not saying there's not a place for that stuff. But I want to encourage you, if you're having a rough day, get in God's Word for a little bit. Listen to it. I I think it's awesome. I I don't know how they did it years ago. Well, they had Alexander... Scorby, thank you, Brother Tim. And uh, Scorby, and, and you know, now they don't have monotoned. At least the app I have, it's, it's like dramatic. You have music, you have different people talking, you have noise in the background, and it just, it sounds kind of, you know, it's, it's more intriguing. But, you know, getting, listening to God, getting in God's Word, studying it out. And you say, how do you study something? Well, find something that's topical that you can, you can look for in a, in a topical uh, book or something that, that has all these different verses that, that kind of play together, and it will help you. I think our Continued Discipleship book has that in the back, if you're interested in that. I'd love to help you with that, with discipleship. But we see the, the Bible rejoice your heart. The Bible says in Psalms 96, verse 1, O sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. And then let the heavens rejoice. And let the earth be glad. And let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. It's okay to have a good time. It's okay to rejoice with God's people. It's okay to enjoy life. When I say tonight, we see the Bible will rejoice your heart. Luke 24, 32. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us? Well, he talked with us by the way. And while he opened to us the scriptures. Something about the word of God that helped someone. And so we see, uh, first of all, again tonight, we see the Bible will restore your soul. The Bible will renew your mind. The Bible will rejoice your heart. And then fourth of all, if you're writing, the Bible will refocus your vision. Refocus your vision. The Bible says in verse 9, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring, Forever. Psalms 119 verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Well, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Something about obeying the word of God that will help you 
live a clean life. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. 1 Peter 21, verse 24, for all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower therefore falleth away. But, verse 25 says, the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospels preach unto you. There's just something about the word of God that will refresh you. Um, something that I get to, we get to enjoy in Oregon more than some states. I know in Indiana, uh, when the winter came, um, everything would die. Uh, I say everything. <laughs> All the trees, grass, everything would die. Here it seems to stay green even year-round. Uh, but uh, I remember those times. It would be dead and you couldn't wait for spring. Why? Because everything would spring up. Even those dreaded dandelions would come up. And it was just, it was that green and it was that excitement, that fresh, the trees budding, the birds coming in. And it was a, an exciting time. That is what the Word of God can get us all the time. Uh, years ago, we were in, uh, many of you know, we pastored in Turlock and we are a church planner. And the first few years, it was, it was a little rough and uh, financially, the church was, was growing, but uh, there was days where it was just, we had to be really budget careful on, on our spending. And it was, I remember it was the hot of summer. We had two little kids. And, you know, I'm one of those guys that if I can save, you know, $25 a month in electricity bill, I'll do it. But yet I might spend $25 on a restaurant or something, you know. <laughs> and it's all, uh, you know, reality. But, you know, I, I'm like that. Uh, who, touched the, who touched the thermostat? Does any men do that? Okay. And no one does. Okay. Anyway, who touched that? And, you know, it's just at that breaking point. You're just almost sweating in the house. You're miserable. You go outside. We had a little pool on the patio or outside. And it was, it was hotter in the pool than it was outside in the house. And it was just miserable. I told my wife, I said, you know what? We're going to go somewhere with the kids. She's like, Where? I said, I heard there's this, there's this park in Snelling. Snelling was a little town of about 300. And, she, and I said, there's a creek that goes through it, and there's a state park. I said, let's just go there and see what it's all about. So we got the kids ready. We drove over there, and we got out, and we're, we're getting ready to hike down to the creek. And I look at the sign, and it says, beware, cougars have been spotted. My wife says, where are you taking us? I said, it'll be fine. You know, I got this. And so, you know, the whole way down, you hear a little rustle, oh, it's a rabbit, or, you know, whatever. We got down to the creek, and there was these rocks, and we got out on the creek. The water was just rushing by, and the trees kind of had a, uh, a little bit over, and, and there was like this breeze coming through, and it just felt amazing. The kids got in the water, we played, and the water was just crystal clear, and it was just a refreshing time. May I say, in the midst of a dry sometime, and a dearth, and a, and a world that sucks everything from us, and times when we just don't know how we're going to go forward, I just have to believe what the Bible says, that the Word of God will renew our vision, refresh us. May I encourage us to stick close to God's Word. So we see the Bible will refresh us, uh, refocus us, rejoice us, renew our mind, restore our soul, and then Next, we see the Bible will replace your doubts. The Bible will replace your doubts. Oh, you know what? I missed, I missed. Yeah, there we go. The Bible will replace your doubts. Verse number nine. The judgments of the Lord are true 
and righteous altogether. There's a woman, uh, an older couple was, was sitting down one night and it was, uh, they're getting up in age. And the lady looked at the husband and said, you used to sit so close to me. So he moved back over and said, how's this? She said, well, you used to hold my hand. So he reached over and grabbed her hand. She goes, she, he says, how's this? She goes, well, you used to nibble on my ear. So he got up and left. And she says, where are you going? He says, hold on, I have to get my teeth. But anyways, okay, we see uh, we're replacing our doubts, you know. And there's times uh, when, when, when the Lord will put things in our life, I'm sure, but the word of God will replace our doubts. Have you ever doubted before? Have you ever wondered? Oftentimes people will come up to me and it seems like the number one thing they'll ask is about, uh, about eternal security. How can you know you're going to heaven? And I don't know, I've probably printed it off 50 times. I have this handout I give them about assurance of salvation. It's about 30 verses you go through and fill in the blanks uh, of Scripture. And it kind of helps put it back home again. Why? Because we, we, we struggle sometimes. We doubt. We wonder. But God's Word will give us that confidence. A couple uh, weeks ago, uh, we were putting the kids down for bed and and I had gone out, and, and, and the living room was doing something, and Brian said, Daddy, he said, did you lock the slider door? We have a, we have a slider door that goes out of the boys' room into a, a second-story uh, uh, um, uh, a deck there, and we have our wood there. We bring in and out. And I said, no, I'll get it in a little bit. He goes, don't forget, I don't want anybody coming in. I said, okay. And uh, so I, uh, I sat down. I was getting, you know how it is. You're getting ready to go. And all of a sudden I hear little Jackson, our four-year-old, said, Daddy, don't worry about it. He said, I locked it. I wasn't scared. I said, really? I walked in there. He says, I, I got this, Daddy. You know. I'm like, yeah, okay. Last night you were really scared because you thought something was on your bed. But anyways, it's something about the Word of God who can help us with our doubt. May I encourage us to stick in his word. We see the word of God will replace your doubts. And then next, if you're writing, the Bible will redirect your path. The Bible will redirect your path. The Bible says in verse number 11, Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. You know, the Bible will show you some things in your life you maybe shouldn't be doing. Maybe will show us some things that will help us see some things we need to avoid. How many times have maybe you heard someone say, man, I wish I would have listened. Or I wish I would have known that. Had I had known. Today I was heading back. I was going through Malala and I was going to take Tolliver. I thought, no, I'll just take 211. And I got on 211. I don't know what they're doing there, construction or something. And it was backed up from the grocery outlet all the way to 213. And I was sitting there and sitting there thinking, ah, why didn't I take Tolliver? So you know what I did? I turned around and went down Tolliver. And and I was missed on that. But there's times in our life where we wish we would have known. Had I had known, I wouldn't have done that. The Word of God is, of course, Proverbs is a great book for that, is it not? It gives us so many scenarios and pitfalls we can avoid if we'll put God first in our life. The Bible says in verse 13, Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. I think of 
The Word of God can redirect our paths for negative things, but can also redirect our paths for positive things. Even when we don't think it's positive. I think of Joseph. You know the story. What an awful, awful traumatizing experience he had with his brothers when they threw him in a pit. And then they took him out and they sold him into slavery. And then he gets put in prison after rising up the ranks as a slave and, and became over all of Potiphar's house and his wife there uh, 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 lied about him and he got put in prison for years and finally gets out and, and he gets put in second in command over all of Egypt and then he's able to save his own brother's life, his own family's life. God redirected his path. And the word of God sometimes, have you ever been there before when you don't know what to do? You've prayed about it, you sought counsel, you still don't know what to do. And then... Oftentimes I'll hear this, Brother Tim, I'm sure you have too, all the years you've pastored. You'll hear someone say, I was wrestling, and then one day I was reading my Bible. And I got to this verse, and the Lord, it just hit me. The Lord said, that's what you need to do. The Word of God will redirect our path, will it not? And we see that happening in David's life, the, the psalmist who wrote this book, this chapter. So we see, once again, as I review, in case you missed one, we see the Bible will restore your soul The Bible will renew your mind. The Bible will rejoice your heart. The Bible will refocus your vision. The Bible will refresh your life. The Bible will replace your doubts. The Bible will redirect your path. And then last of all tonight, as we close, the Bible will reward your obedience. The Bible will reward your obedience. The Bible says in verse 11, And in keeping of them, there is great reward. There is great reward. Now, I know that's not why we read the Bible for a great reward. I often tell that to our guests on Sunday. I know you didn't come to get a gift card, but we want to thank you for coming. We don't read our Bible to get a necessarily a monetary reward. We read it because we want to know our Savior more. We know our God more. But when we do, there is great reward. The Bible says in Psalms 1.1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We see a reward of prospering from not just reading God's word, but obeying God's word. Psalm 16, verse 1, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up thy names into my lips. The Lord is a portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup thou maintainest my lot. Isn't it interesting how the Word of God just keeps filling up our cup? You spend time in God's Word and it's enough. And tomorrow you get up and, do I get in God's Word? Okay, I will. I'll take time. And it's enough. And it fills us time and time again. Perhaps you've heard very gifted preachers preach a message of the richness of God's Word and how they present it and how their oratory and how their illustrations and they tie it all together. And then God, the Holy Spirit, gets involved and it penetrates your heart. And you walk away saying, man, that changed my life. Why? 
That's God's word. May I encourage you to obey God's word and you will be rewarded by it. I think of that truck. I was telling you about my truck. and Once again, I'm not trying to put my truck on a pedestal. I'm just simply saying, for sake of illustration, it has been a good truck for me the last couple of years. And, but it's amazing how many different ways I've used it. And in a sense, it's rewarding my efforts in so many ways. It's complemented it. And I think the Word of God wants to be more than an adjective to you. The Word of God wants to be more than just a synonym. <laughs> the Word of God wants to be a verb. It wants to be an action in your life. It wants to make a difference. It wants to change your life. It wants to help your family. It wants to help your friend, help your brother, help your family member. It wants to get a hold of your heart and change it, transform it. But it only happens, definitely not by accident. It happens by reading and studying and learning, listening and soaking up. And then squeezing that sponge out and then soaking up more. I think many of us tonight, if not all of us, appreciate the word of God. But I hope tonight was a little bit reminder. As the psalmist David wrote, read to us, why, why, did, why was his name mentioned so many times in the word of God? Why was he man after God's own heart? Well, I think we, we can see in the window a little bit a glimpse of why tonight. Though there's probably many other things. I think it's because he understood and had a love and appreciation for God's word and let those action steps penetrate his heart. And so may I encourage you and I tonight to not get tired of the God's word, not get used to it, but to want more of it and to allow it to change us. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Maybe there's someone that would say, Pastor Justin, that's me. I I want to be the kind of person God is looking for and who God can use. I really do. May I encourage you to get in God's word. Maybe tonight God's word has been more of an adjective to you. Maybe it's been uh, maybe just a title that you've heard. Maybe you've, you know it's there, you see it, but it's not really become a part of you. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you need to find someone who's learned how to get things out of God's word and allow them to teach you maybe how. Uh, maybe start in the book of John. Start reading in the book of John. It's a great place to start. Read about the life of Jesus here on earth. Uh, maybe read through Acts. There's some powerful stories there. Maybe even read through Genesis a little bit, the first part there about the creation and Maybe read through Psalms. There's some encouraging places there. Maybe read through Proverbs, which is a book of wisdom in the book of wisdom. There's, 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 there's areas that would be probably better suited maybe for a younger Christian as you grow. Maybe some of you have been in the Bible all your life and you're looking for that deeper thing. I'm thankful for the richness of God's word. But I want to encourage us tonight to allow the Bible to restore your soul, to renew your mind, to rejoice your heart, to refocus your vision. Maybe you need your vision refocused. To refresh your life, to replace your doubts. By the way, we live in a day and age where we can question, we can doubt. It's a natural thing. It's a human tendency. We need God's word to redirect our path and to reward our obedience. May I encourage you tonight, as you take a minute there in your seat and pray, She'll allow God to work in your heart as I pray aloud. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you for loving us.
Thank you for these dear people. They listen so well. Lord, I know for some maybe this was a reminder. Or maybe for others it was, it was a life-changing thing in, in the fact that their eyes maybe were open to what the Word of God can do for them. Maybe for some it, it was one or two things that was said that really got a hold of them. I don't know. But I do know this, Lord, that you gave your word to us. You made it an amazing thing. It's written over 1,500 years in three different languages on three different continents, Lord. And over a period of 50 different authors. And it's just amazing what you did. But, Lord, it's your word and it's preserved for us. It's powerful. It's just as relevant today as it was then. Lord, may we allow it to change our life. Thank you for all you do for us, Lord. And I pray you help us to respond to this message that you'd have us to tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could stand to your feet, the piano is going to play. If the Lord's touched your heart tonight in response to God's word or maybe something else that was said, I encourage you to come forward and pray or stay there in your pew. Respond to God's word tonight. Respond to the messages God would have you to as the piano plays. God bless you. I appreciate your faithfulness. Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, If you're on your way out, you want to take a few of these with you, that would be great. If you want to pick up our missionary updates, and what a blessing this is. It's an encouragement. I want to encourage you in that area, some areas of prayer. Hope you know God loves you and this pastor loves you. Thank you for your faithfulness tonight. I hope you'll be back on Saturday. I appreciate what Brother TJ said about the outreach. I think it's be a special time. And then, of course, on Sunday, uh, we'll have a full day for you. God bless you. You are dismissed.